0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for
1: select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and NA member FDSE.
0: Jewelry isn't a gift you give
1: just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price.
0: Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This is It's Always Game Day
1: in Cincinnati with Lindsay Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's
0: Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsay Patterson, Mike Santagata.
1: Mike,
0: what's up? Oh, Victory Tuesday. Uh, Well, Wednesday, if you're listening to the pod. But (laughs) Victory Tuesday, sort of. Uh, For me, it's still. I'm still home. I've had to travel, like, the past three weeks for the YouTube watchers. They know. The other ones probably don't. (laughs) Um, But a a lot of, you know, that's secondary. But it just bleeds into, you know, like, I'm pumped after a... After the Bengals win, even though it might not have looked the most beautiful. um, Hey, it's wins a win. The NFL, you take this.
1: 100%. We're going to start with the offense because the defense, I feel like there is plenty of good to talk about. Offensively, look. I just want to say this at first. It really was coming down to the wire. I'm going to be completely honest with you. About two and a half to three hours before the game, I still didn't have a clue. I'm like, is Joe going? What's going to happen? I know some of the players said they really didn't know until maybe a couple hours before kickoff. And Joe had his mindset of "Hmm, Sundays when he felt pretty good to go out there. Gutsy performance for Joe to go out there. Even hearing Aaron Rodgers talk about it today. Look, he's probably going to be dealing with pain while he's out there, but Thinking about dropping to 0-3 was in Joe Burrow's mind. He went out there. He didn't look like the Joe we know. And I feel like maybe the offense kind of finally got it going again in the second half. But overall, uh, what did you think about Joe Burrow getting out there again?
0: Uh, it, so re-watching the first half, I thought on TV he was worse than he was. I don't think they had a lot open down the field. It wasn't just him turning things down. It felt like, man, Rams doing a good job protecting deep, so he's taking the short stuff, taking taking the short stuff, taking the short stuff. It's working okay. You get more sprays, more misses than you're used to with Burrow in this calf injury right now. There's no mobility. That one rollout, he looked like like 2014 Peyton Manning style of just kind of like a little jog. He's going. I felt like right before the half, similar to last week, he kind of got more comfortable and it felt like it loosened up for him. He felt more in rhythm and that didn't last as well as it did last week. I thought last week that happened and then he was just kind of like almost normal burrow, almost not fully there. But, you know, it was a pretty good performance the second half of that of that Ravens game. And this one, I thought it was up and down, but it did feel a lot less constrained in the second half. They were able to actually work the ball beyond 10 yards because that was the biggest issue in the first half was there was, I think, one throw. Before that last drive, I think there was one throw over 10 yards, and it was like an 11-yard pass. So then you hit the seam ball of Tanner Hudson, and you got some stuff cooking that way. You threw a couple go balls to T. Higgins that didn't go that way. Uh, one on him, one on Burrow. But it just felt more open and that the offense was able to breathe. I don't think, man, what percentage do you think you'd put him at right now?
1: 65-70?
0: Yeah, I was at like 60. In the first half, it felt like almost 40. I was <laughs> like, man. When I was watching TV, I think when I was watching the All-22, it felt more like 50-60, but when I was watching TV, I was like, why is he out there? Because like, if you can't drive the ball, and there was one deep shot, and when you see the end zone view of it, you can kind of see him really uncomfortable. He doesn't just put his right foot in the ground and drive off of it and fire the ball down the left sideline. He kind of steps off the foot immediately he's putting all his weight on his front foot and trying to throw it that was why I think that ball the chase sailed on him went out of bounds it's tough right now he's gutting something out and it's not easy it's um it clearly has a big effect on him it so far at least since the re-aggravation I'm at no point did I think like oh we're almost at you know we're almost at what Burrow normally is like this to me was like 60 percent of what burrow normally is and that's probably still better than what the backup's going to give you but it's man you hope it it gets better progressively better over the next couple weeks and you're not trying to deal with 60 to 70 to maybe 80 percent burrow when you're in the second half of the season that i think could be a concern because the defense was awesome are they going to be awesome every week they have the 49ers and bills back to back. I mean, those are two games that you're probably going to want your offense to play well, even if the defense is playing well.
1: Yeah. And we'll stay with Burrow right now. Um, I I agree with you. I, I, you know, to be determined on what he looks like, what what he how he's feeling today, they get back to practice tomorrow. And um, I still have a feeling they're gonna go limited with Joe a lot at practice, just pretty much the next four to six weeks. Um, I mm-hmm. think it's smart. You need to manage him, and he's your franchise quarterback. Of course, reps are extremely important for Joe Burrow, but I think right now is you just manage the injury throughout the week, and then Joe, Joe goes out there, and hopefully every single day, every single week, he's feeling a little bit better. I think the biggest thing from that game, and I know a lot of people are like, 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 I was kind of ugly on the offensive side, is Joe said in his post-game interview that he didn't have any setbacks. And I think that's encouraging because obviously you watch the – last few minutes of the Ravens game and he had his setback. So you you want that going forward if he's going to manage this. And I just think it's tough. And as you mentioned, you go back and you watch the all 22 maybe it looks just a percentage better than what we really saw out there and it really felt like the offense in the second half they they settled down, they were managing the game, uh but you know, there's so many drives that they're getting close to the red zone and they're not putting points up and it was just I don't know, it, it, old Joe Burrow or or Joe Burrow of last year is is scoring touchdowns uh during those drives and it's just unfortunate because I feel like they could have just put the rims away early in the first half, to be completely honest with you. Um, and we'll get to the defense in just a moment. But I think a lot there's some criticism out there. And I think people are 60-40 on it because a lot of people are saying, yeah, you need to manage Joe. Why in the world is he throwing the ball so much? And then you get the other crowd that says, well, I kind of understand what Zach Taylor was doing. What What did you take away from it?
0: Their run game right now just doesn't sustain drives. And I think part of it is that they're not using, they're not really using the tight end. I kind of expected going into this game that Drew Sample would be the main tight end. And I don't think that's how it played out. I think that they liked having Hudson out there. They liked getting uh, Wilcox out there. So without Irv, it wasn't just Drew Sample, but in my mind, he's not, not, he's not even like that, that great, but, Drew Sample is the one guy that can block his tail off um, in that tight end room. And I kind of thought, well, if you're going to protect Burrow, you're probably going to put Sample in there and just try to grind teams. They didn't really do that. They want to run some RPOs. They wanted to motion a whole bunch, try to, you know, move the defense that way, doing everything they can. And then if Hudson or Wilcox or whoever can give you a little bit of a block, great. But the, the they don't have those guys that are real grinders at tight end other than Drew Sample. So trying to get the play, the both sides of it. um, I don't think Hudson and Wilcox are able to sustain a rushing offense down the field. I think Drew Sample might be able to, and it's really difficult when you have five offensive linemen as your real run blockers and nobody to give them some secondary support. Um, The wide receivers are not really, they're not really the, you know, they're, they're, great receivers, they're not there to dig out safeties. Uh Sometimes Boyd will be able to, or Higgins, but for the most part, they don't really ask those guys to do it. And they're not great at it. I think they RPO them because of that. They say, look, these aren't the best blockers and why would we want these great blocking receivers? Let's just have them run routes and that'll draw defenders. And I think for the most part, they're pretty right on that. Uh, But their run game is built as of now to kind of be a body blows type of run game, to take hits off the quarterback, to keep them on schedule. It's not built to let's hand the ball off 12 out of our 17 plays on this drive and just grind down the clock. Let's work our way down the field. It's just, it's not how they really built this offense. Um, they had a chance if they wanted to to go for any tight end, and they went for a guy that's six foot two, two hundred forty pounds, and he's an okay, he's a good blocker in space, but he's not an inline guy. So the space thing only works so much, especially because the backs aren't the most explosive backs. Even if Mix is playing well, he's more of a great before the line of scrimmage can run people over and find the tough yards. Then he is a guy that's going to give him ball in space and watch him, you know make a guy miss and sprint 70 yards type of like Miami Dolphins, San Francisco 49ers before McCaffrey type backwards, just like speed demon. Let's give him the ball in space and just let him go. Uh, it's not so much mixing. I think his good quality showed up on his touchdown run and he was a good player all game. I think he's actually been probably the most consistent and best player on this offense but he's still not a guy that really can generate explosive plays in the run game. Their success rate in the run game with Mixon, not even counting Trayvon Williams, who had a 0% success rate, although I don't think he played terribly or anything. I believe it was 25%. I'm going to double check it, uh, but I believe it was 25%. And that's just not, that's not really something that you can sustain for a long period of time. You can't, run the ball down a team's throat when only 25% of your plays are getting you closer, getting you an optimal position on the next down. So their success rate with is 26%. And It was on early downs, 22%. So that's in the 12th percentile across the entire NFL. It's not ideal. I think they've had a good running success rate before yesterday, but that was when they were more threatened by Burrow's arm and they weren't in this game so much.
1: We're going to get to the good stuff soon. I promise everyone. This is an exciting one because they got their first win of the season. But there's one more thing I do want to talk about because it felt like last week the confidence level was up for T. Higgins, but I was really surprised with the drops by him in this game and and they happen. Some wide receivers will have off games, but it really felt like this could have been a kind of balanced on in your wide receiver room. And it was just unfortunate.
0: Yeah. uh, These happen. I mean, you don't want them to happen ever. Uh, The first ball that hit his hands and he didn't catch was high. So do you put that on him or not? I don't know. The second one, I believe was the time he went over the middle of the field It looked to me when I watched it like he was almost a little bit surprised the ball was getting thrown to him. Not that he should have been, but um, he's kind of like, oh, shoot, I got to catch this. Uh, And I believe the third one was the curl route that just hit him in the hands and he dropped again. So two of those just stone cold drops. You can't have those. One of them, high throw, he just couldn't bring in. You think he should... I I think he should be able to bring that down, but I could see somebody not charting that as a drop or whatever. Uh, It's tough, but... It's another one of those. Like, what's the narrative on T Higgins' game if Witherspoon doesn't fall down on that pass and Higgins is able to jump up, catch it, and score the touchdown? I mean, are there, we then going, like, yeah, there was some rough stuff in there, but look at that catch and, like, this is why he's here. And now it's kind of like, whatever about, I'm sure everybody has some joke or whatever they're saying about it, but, you know, it's like he didn't have a great game. And, some people start looking at it, like is it the contract? And I don't really think so. I just, I just think either. I think with the wide re- with wide receivers, these type of games sometimes just creep up uh, for whatever reason. It seemed like a concentration issue more than anything. As long as it doesn't bleed into the coming weeks, I don't think I don't think I'm concerned about it.
1: I could see him having a bounce back game against the Titans, like we saw last year when he had to step up when Jamar Chase was out in regular season. Uh, going to Jamar Chase. It really felt like it was going to be a Jamar Chase game just with how the week was going. We heard from Jamar Chase. We heard from Brian Callahan. They actually had conversations together in the meeting room, um, and you knew he was going to get involved. And even Joe Burrow said, I was going to give it to my guy. I was going to give it to my guy, and it really felt uh, like Jamar Chase from, from rookie year, from last year, w- was just back, and it was really fun to watch.
0: Yeah, uh, so a couple – Fun thing, I thought Jamar Chase was awesome in this game and the Rams tried at times to take him away. Uh, They didn't sell out entirely to do it, but there's one rep where he beats the corner and then shakes the corner and then beats him again. He beats him inside on the release and beats him outside on the route, but he's also double covered on it for them, basically. What they do to double guys in zone is to play cloud, which is basically cover two, corner rolled up, and the safety over the top. They did that on that play, and he was able to beat the corner and get in front of the safety and still get open enough to have the ball thrown to him and make the catch. I was Look, anytime a wide receiver is going to beat cloud covers, it's awesome. That's that's high-level stuff. So they tried to take him away, and they weren't able to do it. They got the ball to chase early. I think it was one of those you can hear the talk about how, like, oh, Chase hasn't been involved enough. Chase hasn't done, done this. It's just, like, we're going to get Chase involved in this game. Um, I do – those route charts to me are just the funniest, like they're back. where They're What I know. They're so back. They've been back every week. But they're almost like Shark tests to me, where it's just, like, I, I don't know <laughs> – I don't 100% know what we're supposed to look at. And you kind of just see what you want to see. in this. like, Chase had a good game. Now I'm going to look at this route chart. Yeah, that's a good route chart. And then Chase is a bad game. Ah, that's so basic. Keep in mind that these are only the targeted routes. So Burrow has to throw him the ball on this. Because I thought he worked some of the stuff that they used this week before. And Burrow just didn't target him. I do think there was new stuff in there. I think they used him better than before. I think before this week, it was kind of fine usage, almost more decoy than anything, but they were still trying to get him the ball. Um, This week, it was more like, we're going to get this guy the ball and let him work. And credit to him, he also played better. I think you could somewhat criticize him in week two for not playing up to the standard you expect of Jamar Chase. And this week, it was, yeah, he looked like a top five elite wide receiver. He, He looked like he was in the Justin Jefferson type of conversation with the way he was playing. And I'm not sure you made that same case the last two weeks, especially week two. So he played better. They got used him better and Burrow got him the ball more. It ended up in in an awesome game for him.
1: What I need you to do is on on social media, I need you to create a chart and I just want you to put a bunch of squiggly lines on there and act like and just act like Zach Taylor to that. Be like, whoa, Zach really went out just to see the interaction because people just see those charts and they think it's just this is amazing. This chart's bad. This wide receiver isn't the Miami Dolphins wide receiver. And why aren't we doing that? And I just want you to just, it's a test. It's a social media test to see what people really buy when they look at those charts, because it is, I saw it is back today. I know it's back every week, but there's some positives, positive ones out today.
0: It's also not just a a Bengals fan thing because Mm -hmm. I saw somewhere else that somebody did a running back one. <laughs> and i looked at that and i was like you know like the running back decides a lot of these like you know he's making reads and making those cuts it's not like the coach went no only up the middle this week type of thing yep. like read told him to do they might be running the same place this is a terrible chart but hey whatever um i'm probably not doing that but it sounds no funny. i know you I all i know you i don't. just uh, yeah i'm just I just don't want to spread misinformation of like wow, yeah, look true. at Tyler Boyd's usage. <laughs> These are all his ran routes. It's just, <laughs>
1: I want it to look like so obnoxious that it does look like you just just a bunch yeah. It's just, it's absolutely wild, but I agree with you. Actually, I actually want to say to the play calling, uh, because obviously I know a lot of people are down when you lose people, they're going to be upset at the play caller, they're going to be upset at the head coach, and the head coach is the play caller right now. So, um, there was a lot of criticism for Zach Taylor over the last few weeks, but it felt like Zach called an okay game. He was trying to protect his quarterback. It felt like that. I know when you throw the ball a lot, a lot of people are like, oh, Zach, what is Zach doing? You can't do that. But overall, I I was kind of impressed with Zach Taylor last night.
0: yeah um i like this play call i like this play calling i, I liked i do think that the criticism has some merit of where there are too many passes mm. uh, i also think you can push back on that and say well like some of these are burrow it's like he's got an rpo here and instead of handing it off he wants to throw it and is that really a drop back pass not to me um maybe it is to some people because you're going to push off with the calf. But I just think like those plays to me are just kind of extensions of the running game. You'd have a low chance of being hit and they should be quick, mostly arm throws. Like you don't really have to drive a lot of these They're like four five, six yard throws. Thinking of some of those short things to Jamar chase. And there was one to Tyler Boyd and throw to Charlie Jones all looked like RPOs to me where he just didn't hand it off and made the toss. I think he's reading a player on that, but I'm not 100% sure on some of them. Um, to go with that, Joe is, has a lot of control at the line of scrimmage because he's a smart dude, and they want him to be in control. Uh, they allow him to make checks, to make audibles, to kill plays, and you usually get two play calls when you go from the huddle to the line of scrimmage, and then it's you know power, right, kill, or can, or whatever they say. Uh, which means we're not doing that play. Drive, come back, or something you know, like a drive post or something where that's the pass concept, and they have a run concept, and he can. It's usually kill the pass to get to the run, but I do know you don't always do that because if I've figured out what the Bengals kill call is, I'm sure defensive coordinators everywhere have figured it out. So you can't just do that because then whenever they do one of these (laughs) runs coming. So sometimes it has to go from run to pass. Um, But yeah, he has a lot of control over how many passes he was going to take. And if he felt comfortable doing that many, then he felt comfortable throwing that many. Uh, I think he took some shots in this game. And I also feel like the shot, the first time he got hit was kind of when he started playing looser. It was almost like he kind of played as if he was made of glass at the very start especially when i'm thinking of that play where he tried to throw it down the left sideline and he's almost all front foot instead of driving off his back foot takes a shot from donald and then it turns into okay okay i you know like i can be hit and i'm fine type of thing uh some quarterbacks need that i think joe needs that i think joe needs to feel somebody hit him and then he kind of gets into the feeling of like okay okay like i'm not fragile you know like I'll be okay if I take some hits. And they will stand in there strong, make throws while being hit, not afraid of being hit, not getting the ball out too early, playing on time. Uh, yeah, overall, play calling, which is what this is all about. <laughs> I thought it was better. I thought it was better this week than it was uh, the last two weeks, although I would make the caveat. I think this week was good, and the last two weeks were fine. Like I think people overblew that the play calling was bad or terrible or something they're just, they start slow. There was more motion this week.
1: I agree with you. And and maybe you're under the lights, you're at home, energy is insane and there's a little bit of a difference on the offensive side of the ball. But, you know, I agree with you. I think Joe needed that to just kind of wake up out there and, Obviously, we don't know what Joe's feeling when he's out there and, and everything with with the calf injury. But, um, you know, like I said before, hopefully every day, every week, it's just healing and getting better and there's no setbacks. I want to say with one more thing on the offensive side of the ball, it's the offensive line right now. Um, how are you feeling after that performance last night?
0: Tackles did great. I think especially I think Jonah Williams pitched a shutout, which awesome for him. He didn't have the greatest first two weeks. I th- didn't think he was the weak link, and I know we're going to talk about who I think that is <laughs> because they, they all definitely know. like it this week, uh, but I even think thought the last two weeks he wasn't the best, but he was adequate. Um, this week I thought he was good, especially in the pass protection department. Orlando Brown still good, although he had one pressure and it was an infamous one because he kind of ran back into Burrow, and then Burrow ended up with the th- making a rolling left and kind of making a little, I think he threw it out of bounds, but then he kind of like reached down and massaged the calf type of thing. It was like, did Orlando Brown just hurt Joe Burrow? It's like, well, no, but uh, you know, you want him to hold up a little bit better. I will say the offensive line had a huge test. I think this was a very difficult game for them
1: because
0: I don't think it's so much the opponent, obviously Aaron Donald, like that's its own thing. And that's mostly on the interior that's dealing with it. Because of the tackles, Burrow's not mobile. And he wasn't moving well in the pocket. It felt like a lot of kind of little tiptoes and backing up rather than being able to slide, move up, two hands on the ball, fire it. None of that really. It was just little little tiptoes trying to buy a tiny bit of time by moving backwards type of things. He didn't feel like he was moving well within the pocket. He wasn't mobile, and the Rams knew that. So you've got a sitting duck quarterback – and you're going to throw the ball 51 times, even if those are a lot of RPOs and quick game, that's difficult on an offensive line. And they love protecting with five. They they did get to some max protection shot plays. They got to uh, a couple six-man protections. I loved when they had Drew Sample alone in the backfield with Joe Burrow on a third and long because he did a good job of helping the offensive line better than a running back would be able to. And then they just go four in the passing pattern. But for the most part, they like protecting with five. And you're going to commit two of those guys to Aaron Donald every play. That means three guys have one-on-ones every play against non-Donald players. And those guys aren't the best players right now for the Rams, but it's still hard going 50 times one-on-one. Like how many times did sometimes you get some chips and stuff, but I don't think. If I went back and tried to chart it, I don't think I would find. A, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't think there's a lot of teams that leave their tackles on an island 20 plus times in a game, and the Bengals did that in this game, and the tackles played really well. Now I assume we should
1: get to the interior, which we wasn't should as get great. to the interior right now. And, and like I said before, I said in the off season. You you want to see better out of Cordell Bolson going into year two. I wasn't trying to criticize him. I hope that he can be a winner. People because,
0: came after you for it.
1: Whoa, if I go back to those mentions right now, I, well, I I won't. I won't. I won't go back to them. But and then this offseason, I said, you know what? Maybe this is his bounce back year. You get your rookie rookie year under your belt. You get Orlando Brown Jr. here. Jonah Williams is flipped to the other side, and maybe that's going to help Cordell Bolson. But it has been very, very unfortunate that so far, and I'm not giving up on him because I really want Cordell Wilson to hit because you can save money on that rookie deal right now versus paying someone else because that's a, that's a big uh, money bag that I would rather spend elsewhere. And it's extremely important in the end It's getting a little concerning. I know we're only three, three games in, and the offensive line is looking better. But what did Cordell
0: look like on the All-22? So against Donald, it was terrible. I don't think there's any way to really sugarcoat it. It's Donald, though. It's Aaron Donald. Even if Aaron Donald, in this game, he did not look like he had lost a step. (laughs) But even if you think that maybe he's lost a step getting in his older age, Aaron Donald losing a step is basically still just a Chris Jones-level pass rusher you know like he was so good that losing one step just puts him with mortals like he was above them in a tier of his own um i think that when it was more normal guys not donald pass rushers it wasn't perfect but it was fine and if that's what you're getting is that good enough i don't know um, because you got Jeffrey Simmons next week and mm-hmm. it feels like everybody has a dude, like any team you look at has a guy that you have to worry about at least a little bit in pass protection, even if it's an Odafe Oway for the Ravens, it's a guy you got to look at and go like, okay, well that guy could, you know, throw a wrench into this offensive game plan. Obviously, with the 49ers and some of those teams, you get like three guys. The Steelers, you get like two, three guys that you have to really be worried about. Um, You need to be able to hold up better than Volson did against Donald. I think there's some gray area on this conversation where some people just see the zero rating and think he was terrible. And some people see, hey, it was Aaron Donald. Like, relax. And I feel like I'm in between the two where – Yes, it was Aaron Donald that caused such a bad performance from him. But you have to be able to hold up long enough for the center to help you. I think that was the biggest issue I had with his performance was he got beat so quickly in this game that there was no time for Karis to come help. Whenever you watch Donald going against Kappa and he has to slide, you'll see Kappa hold up better and some of it is not enough patience from volson some of it's some issues technically that he's had his whole career uh two years basically well one and a quarter years so far he's had some hand issues he opens up a little bit too much and a guy like donald's gonna take advantage of that he's been in the league a long time and he's an elite elite player sometimes that term is thrown around but you know hey this is a first ballot Hall of Fame, maybe the best defensive player, probably the best defensive player of the generation. I don't know, J.J. Watt in this generation. I feel like he's the only competitor for it. Uh, Yeah, it's tough because you have to hold up a little bit better because there were just memories from that last play in the Super Bowl for me where – Quentin Spain sets out to him. He has the slide, and he gets beat around the outside so quick that Trey Hopkins can't help him. And whenever you face those elite guys, at the very least, whenever you're asked to hold up one-on-one, you're probably losing. Like It's fine. I'm expecting that. But when you have help, you have to be able to funnel him to your help. You're, that's all I think is just hold up long enough that your help can come to you. And I thought Volson did a good job of that in the first Chiefs matchup. And I thought the whole offensive line did an especially good job against Jeffrey Simmons last year. In this game, he didn't. And it's concerning because even when you talk about the guys who have dudes who aren't interior rushers, I mentioned, Owe, oh, but let's look at the Browns with Miles Garrett and zadarius Smith. Your tackles are now getting the help. You You are the one that's one-on-one on the inside. And he struggled against Dalvin Tomlinson inside against the Browns, and he had his struggles against the Ravens, Matabike, and some other guys on the inside in that game. So you need to either be able to hold up against decent to, uh, you know, I'll say pretty good pass rushers in the interior, and you have to be able to hold up long enough to get help against the dudes uh, along the interior. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: Yeah, it's going to be something to watch. Um, You know, obviously, you got to put your best guys out there. But right now, we'll see what that looks like going into Nashville. And we previewed that game on Thursday. Let's flip over to the defensive side. I'm doing it again. Their defense is showing up during regular season. And I feel like I'm not giving them any time in the show. And that's really unfortunate because they were extremely fun to watch because i think we talked about this rams offense and it really felt like um you know matthew stafford he's having a few really good games to start the season. They, they're they getting these wide receivers. that They're not named Cooper Cup right now that are stepping up. This offense is kind of fun. Um, but uh, this defense was able to put the pressure on him. Six sacks. Dax Hill was so fun to watch. Trey Hendrickson, it was almost like a different player every single quarter that you would get to when it comes to pressure on Matthew Stafford and this defense. But what did you think of the performance on the defensive side?
0: It was awesome. Uh, they alleviated some concerns, and I had a lot of concerns because the first drive went terrible for them. Uh, But then they turned it around. It felt like the Rams were just kind of flying, you know, hot knife through butter, I I tweeted. Uh, But then there was a DJ Reader sack. On a good coverage play from everybody else, but DJ Reader got the sack, and part of that sack came from Logan Wilson, who had an incredible bounce-back game. I thought he was – only because Trey Hendrickson was – fully blacked out nonsense uh, did he not have the best game, but I thought he was probably the second best defender in this game. He picks readers guy who's then able to come over the top and get that sack on Stafford. And then you get an errant throw and another one. And now they're kicking a field goal. And also credit to Nick Scott for being able to make that stop on Tutu Atwell. Now, was it the cleanest stop? No. And if it's a guy who weighs more than 150 pounds, does he step out of bounds? Maybe not, but he was able to come from the top and make that play. And I think he said it in training camp. was like, no yards never scored points or something like that. True, you know, like he stopped a touchdown on that play. And then they were able to have a goal line stand. And that felt like such a shift from what we've had from the Bengals so far this year. I think to go with all of that, you have Trey Hendrickson, especially after their starter went out at left tackle, just a dominant performance. It should have been, what, three and a half sacks, but instead one gets wiped away by close face mask penalty. <laughs> you know, we're talk about the validity of it. Uh, I think it was there if they wanted to throw it. I think it also probably could have stayed at the pocket. <laughs> um, tough. Uh, but just every single play it felt like he was just hitting Stafford nonstop I think this was one of Lou's better called games it felt like he made an adjustment early from trying to sit back and kind of see what's happening he started bringing some pressure and then from the pressure he started bringing some creepers too which are when you send four guys one defensive lineman drops out and one corner comes so you still have a four-man rush but it's not the just the four guys in front of you um Both of Matt Stafford's picks came off of two high creepers rolling from a single high look. Although I think the second one, he knew what was happening. It was just Mike Hilton making an incredible tip. The first one, I don't think he did a great job of knowing what was happening. So that was a credit to Lou for kind of confusing him and getting him to throw that ball. And Logan Wilson made an incredible play on that one as well to flip his hips and get underneath the route. Uh, I thought thought Dax Hill – showed a lot of promise in this. I also think I th- I think there is a little bit of he was still a young guy in coverage. Uh there were two plays that he isn't gonna take full responsibility. It's not like he was man to man against a guy and that's why it was a deep ball. So there was the play that everybody got on Nick Scott for the deep ball on the right side. They're in, I believe it was cover three. It was single high for sure. And I think it was cover three. Scott matches that route, but Hill got moved by Stafford's eyes. So now Scott doesn't have help over the top when he probably should. And he's trying to recover and he's not able to recover and make the play. So it then ends up being a big gain for the Rams. But you charge a little bit of that to Dax Hill um, just because he got moved and wasn't in the spot that he needed to be in. And then the deep ball right before the end of the game where – Chidobe Wuzie is sinking as a cover two and Dax Hill's playing over the top on that side, the inside receiver, number two, he already broke off. So Dax Hill should be working to get back over top of number one. And he's not doing that enough. Chidobe is not probably not sinking enough either. I think both those plays, you assign some of the blame to the other player. You assign some of that blame to Nick Scott. You assign some of that blame to Chidobe Uzie, But you also assign some of that blame to Dax Hill. And I think that's a little bit of the, he, we have to throw a tiny bit of water on like what was an awesome, awesome performance. I thought he was great for the most part. There were just two plays that stuck out to me as, okay, he's still learning how to be a deep safety. He didn't do that that often in college. And while there's been a lot of good to go with this, it's going to get even better. I think that's one way you could look at it. Um, overall, though, I, I think almost all of the defense played a great, Game in this and hey, shout out uh, Miles Murphy on yes. the T-, T on the TE stunt, th- freed up Sam Hubbard to get a sack. Uh, also, man, there's a lot of guys that played well. It and was. Sam, yeah, I think Sam Hubbard had a good game. I think BJ Hill did a pretty good job. I think DJ Reader was DJ Reader in this game. Uh, Annie came up with a sack so most of the defense i was happy with and it makes sense i mean the rams offense was bad uh, they did a great job against the rams offense um they the rams offense was worse than the Bengals' offense in this game and i give a lot of that credit to the Bengals' defense and what they were able to do and this rams offense was good before this week they were scoring as the 49ers they blew out the seahawks i don't know if it was always that sustainable Um, but they did it against high level competition and the Bengals weren't playing that well going into this game. So I thought the Rams offense had the upper hand and they didn't. And I don't think we should just go, oh, you know, it's the Rams. Like, who's the number one guy? Puka Nakua type of thing. Because like, yeah, that was true last week when they put up whatever on the 49ers score twenty. Something, I'm look it Matthew Stafford
1: over two games over 600 yards. You know, like he he's yeah. he's been legit over the last two games coming off an injury. And I I do I think this was going to be a good Rams offense, and that's what scared me a little bit because we did have concerns about the defense. It didn't look like the same old defense against the Baltimore Ravens because if they get one stop. The Cincinnati Bengals, and I know Joe Burrow through the interception in the second half, but they have a chance to to win that game against the Baltimore Ravens. It's really unfortunate. I wasn't, I wasn't impressed with the defensive side of the ball, but uh, this one, you could just name several players that stepped up on the defensive side and Miles Murphy. I know it wasn't a huge impact, but I said it before the game. There are people criticizing that pick still. You have to be patient. You have to be patient with his reps and his rotations. He's going to be useful, a positive for this defense in his rookie year. We just can't, we gotta hold off on our expectations as this guy is gonna win rookie of the year, or what you know. Look at the other teams, look what this rookie is being uh, is able to do on their defense or their offense. Just just be patient.
0: Yeah. Um a few things. I mean, those are a lot of that <laughs> It felt like in the preseason, everybody just already got their takeoff. Like, ah, he sucks. it's like, that's the preseason. Who cares? He's a guy that needs time. He's not a guy that's going to show you in the preseason like, yeah, I should have been a top five pick. If he pans out, which I I have been one of Miles Murphy's bigger supporters because I am with what the consensus was on him in the draft, that he was probably a first-round talent. Uh. If he pans out, it's going to be in two years, probably. That's when you're going to see, oh, this guy could be a star. And I don't think there were a lot of guys that had that opportunity. Whereas right now, he's not going to be a star. He's going to be a role player. And that's okay. I think he's shown flash. Uh, he flashed last week with a pressure against Makari. And this week, in what is nine or so snaps, he was able to free up Sam Hubbard for a sack. And he didn't even pass rush on all those snaps. I was, know that he dropped into coverage on one of them and they weren't all passing plays. So I want him to take more snaps because I want him to give Hendrickson and Hubbard more breathers because they're playing too much. They're still playing too much. They played too many snaps in this game. Osai, I think only played three snaps in this game. It feels like they just aren't, whether it's Hubbard and Hendrickson or the staff, it feels like they don't want to move – to the young guys yet it feels like they're just kind of like letting hubbard and hendrickson do what they always do and part of the excitement with having all these this young talent was maybe this means that those guys will finally be well rested and healthy for the long stretch um haven't seen that and i want to see murphy sample osai take those reps away a little bit not that those guys should be playing anywhere under like 60 but like 60 is fine and i think that would be enough. That's what reader usually plays. Maybe you keep them at 65, 70%, but right now I think they're over 80% of the snaps and that's not ideal because they've both broken down over the course of a year, the past two years.
1: Yeah. And they've played through injuries Um, and you don't want to deal with that. You want to you be, you be smart about the reps. I think the Joseph aside personally, right now, I still think it's, they're just going to slowly put them back in there. Um, You know, he's coming off. It's his first regular season game of the season. He's coming off the injury. So maybe they're going to manage that as pretty light for the next few weeks. And then maybe that'll change when it comes to his reps. But I agree with you. I mean, you have these younger guys out here. Give some of the vets. A break. You don't need, you need them in December. You need them in late November. And um, if they're out there a hundred percent of the time, that isn't helpful for your defense in the future. But, uh, but overall, I agree with you. What a great bounce back game. Uh, we'll, we'll hit on one more thing and, and wrap up this podcast episode of the reaction to the first win. Uh, Logan Wilson, you mentioned, did you feel like he had the best defensive performance on the defensive side?
0: I think Henderson might've been better, but it's certainly possible i think you could go either way on that they were both incredible in this game um whether you value hendrickson's consistent pressure against what was a backup left tackle and then well it was the backup left tackle i don't think Alaric jackson's really played at a backup level so i'll say like an okay starter in a backup left tackle more or do you value wilson's game changing interceptions more
1: His interceptions, man. He's going to lead the team in interceptions.
0: It might be Wilson's interceptions that kind of sway me more on that side because he was also good other than those interceptions too. I think there were a few plays that showed, you know, the splash plays are awesome, but he's doing a lot of under-the-radar stuff as well. I think uh, maybe I'm changing my mind. I think I might go Wilson now because you do – I don't want to discount anybody, but do you discount – Hendrickson's game, just like uh, when you're comparing him against another guy that was that good, do you, you just kind of go like it wasn't the starter for most of the game, <laughs> you know, like it was the backup? Now he treated that backup like he was a backup, and Hendrickson was an all pro, and that's what I've wanted to see. Um, so I, I don't want to discredit almost at all. I think he was awesome. I think Hendrickson was a big reason why the defense worked. I think Wilson changed the game with both interceptions
1: mm-hmm.
0: those just felt like they took away so much from the rams and also put the Bengals in a position to succeed so i'll go wilson had the best game Henderson the second best although i just really feel, want to say that they both were at the same level of game changing defenders
1: they had a good week of practice and it was a difference maker going into this game and, and like like we mentioned I, I don't want people to look at it and be like oh it was an ugly one it was this it was that the defense was fun. You had a quarterback. Your franchise quarterback is is just going out there and giving it all he can while he's not 100% right now, and we don't know when he's going to be 100%. So overall, for me personally, um, a win is a win. You get back in the win column, and you're right where you were this time last year besides – the hundred percent of Joe Burrow right now, and that's just what you can build. You can only control what you can. Week by week, you want to go one to know every week, and they were able to do it at home. You hit the road, you you face a, a Titans team where they've had their number for the last few years. We'll see what that looks like in Nashville. But what do you have up on all Bengals right now?
0: I don't have anything yet. Um, I hope is that there's something up by the time people are listening. But man, Monday night games are tough.
1: Oh yeah, did <laughs> <It> just happen. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, so I mean, like I, I had to work my real job and then come home and try to grind through the tape real quick and then get on podcasts. It's just like, whew, I hate these shortened weeks for you know trying to produce any content. I'm hoping I have something up by the people are listening by the time people are listening, but. No promises. It could be a later article. Um, while your lights keep going in and out. My uh, light
1: my light is telling me that we got to wrap up this podcast. Uh, but yes, make sure you check it out. Mike works really hard. Monday night, football, quick turnaround. And they look forward to facing the Titans as my uh, light is. If you're watching this on YouTube right now, you would notice that it is going in and out. Just telling us, hey, okay, wrap it up. You did your reaction pod. Make sure you follow Mike Bengals underscore Sand. You can follow me at Ellen D.S. Patterson. And thank you for listening, too. It's always game day in Cincinnati.